0: Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Sam Drucker Building in beautiful Midtown, Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your hosts, Rob Floyd and Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Rear Window. This is the scene of the crime. A
1: crime of passion, filmed in a way you have never seen before. And as no one else would dare attempt, but the screen's master of suspense.
0: Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. After a long holiday hiatus,
1: <laughs> oh, it's been a it's been a busy one, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, we're back in the lounge, yeah, man. The holidays really hit us this year. We hadn't been able to get back to do a podcast since, jeez, what was it, October?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been insane, man. We haven't been able to do much of anything, to be no. honest.
0: <laughs> it's like we're finally waking up now. Yeah, but you know, we picked a gooden to talk about first podcast in the year. A very good movie, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window.
1: Yes, indeed. I had never seen it until we watched it for this, so it was yeah, me either. Not not all the way
0: through. I hadn't seen it all the way through, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie, and the way it was he made it was just fascinating to me. First, I guess we should you know who's in it, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean the the cast is not a big surprise because it seems like. uh, Hitchcock used Jimmy quite a bit.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Stewart <laughs> is the star. Grace Kelly, who was in a few other Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. Wendell Corey, who's in quite a few other things. Okay. Astro Zombies, at least of which, for our purposes. Delmer Ritter, who's an older lady, but uh, tons of things you've mm-hmm. seen her face in. Raymond Burr, mm-hmm. duh, Perry Mason. Right. Uh, Judith El- Evelyn, mm-hmm. most people wouldn't recognize that name, but she's the the mute lady in the tingler oh okay yeah ross let's see i can exp- pronounce his name Bagder <laughs> <laughs> i have no
1: idea who that anyway, is anyway
0: he's the composer that created alvin and the chipmunks oh, and wrote the witch doctor okay yeah uh frank caddy who was at green acres okay and lots tons of other things in the 50s 60s and uh of course grace kelly i think did i say grace kelly yeah you already? said grace yeah. kelly second yeah uh that's that's our main cast right yeah, there yeah there's some other people background people we see off and on throughout the thing but that's the main cast most of them are, are well i'll say main cast frank caddy really doesn't have a whole lot to do he's one of the background people but he's one of those faces you've seen everywhere you know mm-hmm. so it's worth mentioning anyway
1: well gosh most of the casts don't even have lines
0: yeah no not really or just a, an offhand throwaway in the background kind yeah, of line, yeah. you know? Now, the plot of this movie, before we get into how it was shot and all that, uh, Jimmy Stewart plays Jeff, uh, I can't remember his last name. Jeffries.
1: Je- it's L.B. Jeffries. Oh, L.B. Jeffries. They call him they call Jeff. Jeff for short. Yeah. Okay. I
0: don't know. Jeff Jeffries would have been cool. Right. But, <laughs>
1: like Steve Stevens. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's a uh, photojournalist. Right. And his last assignment he was staying in the middle of a racetrack to get this great shot and got hit by a car, but broke his leg. Mm-hmm. So we open with him in his apartment, looking out the rear window yeah, into the courtyard the... between yeah. all the other surrounding apartments. Right. And he's been there for weeks and this leg cast up to his hip. And the story is basically him looking out his rear window yeah. and seeing the goings-ons of his neighbors.
1: Yeah, it's what, 19... 50 something
0: 50, well 54 is when the movie was made so. right
1: so i mean it's somewhere around that time and he has nothing to do except to stare out the window and watch the neighbors he yeah. literally has nothing that's to his do. netflix yeah. yeah yeah that's right
0: and grace kelly is his girlfriend yeah who's a Lisa. society mm-hmm. chick beautiful grace kelly's a beautiful woman
1: she comes from money and she's yeah. I don't you know how the they got together. That, I don't remember what I don't know that they tell you, but you get the impression from the way he talks about her at the beginning to his, his nurse that, you know, she's very well off and she's... Not hoity toity, but that she's she knows the finer things in life yeah. and she wouldn't know how to rough it. you know, Yeah, they come from different to, worlds. Right. He's used to the phonojournalism world where he goes and lives off the land and, and has living to out deal, of a suitcase yeah, yeah. and sleeping in jeeps
0: and airplanes and things like that.
1: Right. And he doesn't want to change his yeah. life to live with her and he doesn't think that she could make it living with him.
0: Yeah. And one of the, <laughs> the funny thing about that, he says, let's see, I got the quote here. Uh, he says to Stella, that's the nurse. Yes. Uh, right at the very beginning, he says, because uh, she's badgering him to get to marry the girl because mm-hmm. she's in love with him. He says, when he gets married, it's going to be to someone who thinks of life as more than a new dress, a lobster dinner, and the latest scandal. Right. And when we first get introduced to her, Grace Kelly, she comes in.
1: Yeah. Wearing this. And amazing showing off a dress. brand new dress. Yeah. Eleven hundred dollar dress. Can you imagine that? Eleven hundred dollars in nineteen fifties.
0: That'd be like probably eleven thousand dollar Yeah, it's dinner. crazy. But she comes in showing off this new dress, she brings him a lobster dinner from twenty one, and she starts talking about her day and the latest scandals and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. That was a you know, kind of a little dig.
1: Yeah. Reinforces his his thought process.
0: Yeah. One of the other things about their, their relationship though, is if if you remember watching it. Their relationship is in this state of, don't, he's talking about breaking up with her because yeah. it'd be more fair to her. Right. You know, and all that. So their relationship is in a state of chaos. Mm-hmm. And if you look around the courtyard, everybody, because we, we get a little glimpse of each neighbor and their yeah. goings on through their window or in the courtyard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every other relationship there is in a state of chaos. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the Miss Torso, the dancer. Mm-hmm. She's by herself. Other guys come in and out, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever really happens. Mm -hmm. You know, the couple sleeping on the fire escape. They have a rough time getting in and out and all that. Yeah. The Miss Lonely Hearts, who's has no relationship and is almost suicidal.
1: Yeah.
0: The artist lady who uh, is hard of hearing and Mm -hmm. kind of tries to talk to the other neighbor and he tells her to go, you know, leave him alone. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, of course, Raymond Burr, mm-hmm. the who the thrust of the story ends mm-hmm. up, you know, murdering his wife. Mm-hmm. You see, they they're at odds right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of bitchy towards him. It seems like,
1: yeah. The only one that's not in a state of of chaos or whatever is the newlywed. Couple. The
0: newlyweds that come, in, they come into the scene in mm-hmm. a, in this great relationship. But
1: yep. but <laughs> at the end
0: of the movie, everybody seems to have resolved the the you know, Raymond Burr is gone to jail. Miss mm-hmm. Lonely Hearts. Oh, I forgot the composer guy who's mm-hmm. always, he can't seem to nail the, the song. Right, right. But by the end of the movie, he's written the song. And recorded it. And recorded it. Miss Lonely Hearts and he are spending time together. Miss mm-hmm. Torso, her husband or boyfriend, has come home from the military. Yeah. They're, they're together. The couple who are arguing... When I argue, I'm having a time on the fire escape. Their dog, Rainbow, kills their dog. They have a new dog, and yeah. they look happy. And Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly have gotten resolved their differences, basically, right. and gotten together. But the newlywed couple that was everything was great at the beginning are starting to have a rough time at the end, and are kind of arguing and look like they're, <laughs> you know not having a great time. Right. So everybody that was having a rough time gets together, and the people that weren't part. Yeah. You know? So it's that was strange. kind of kind of. Yeah. Neat. So
1: we we went all the way to the end of the movie. Done. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Yeah.
1: I mean, so really, the the plot of the movie is like we said. We he starts. He's watching out the back window because he has nothing else to do, and he's a, he's just watching his neighbors and in, in their regular lives. Watching you know? life go by. Yeah. That that's really all there is to it. And he happens to see something he finds suspicious, which is Mister Thorbald. Is that his name? Thor Thor something. Thor. Thorson? Thorson. I can't remember. I should remember that. Huh? Raymond Burr. Yeah, Raymond Burr. Uh, He happens to witness Raymond Burr doing something suspicious and he he begins to think that he's killed his wife. But we don't know for sure if that's really what happened.
0: You can see into the bedroom and see her in the bed and being bitchy and arguing with him and like putting him down kind of thing.
1: It's what it seems like. We can't hear any of it, but that's what it seems like.
0: But and then, then of we course, don't see her at all.
1: Right. And of course, as time goes on, you know, things happen, whatever. We'll get into it in a minute. But you get to the end and this is, you know, Rob just went over how it ended. Well, so really all the subtext that's going on is about Lisa and Jeff's relationship. Yeah. Which is just weird to me. Yeah. And not weird, bizarre. It's just fascinating because he's taken this. Kind of drama, kind of thriller movie and made the entire thing based around this love the story state of their love story. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's genius. Well, it's I mean, it's Hitchcock. So yeah. it's genius. It is. It's, Amazing. it's a
0: fa- fascinating and fantastic film. And the way it's shot. You know, I'll get back to that in a second. Yeah. But th- that part of it, how it's their love story kind of is the story of what's going on everywhere mm-hmm. throughout the movie. The moment that he... You can tell when he's like, this is the girl for me, or he's he's finally finally realized he's in love. Yeah. Is when she starts going up that fire escape and gets into the apartment.
1: Yeah, she breaks into Raymond Burr's apartment. To get
0: evidence while he's gone. And he's like, "Whoa, she can actually do this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I think that's not so much the moment. That's when he starts. But when he comes back and she's in trouble, Mm -hmm. and you see the look of complete complete, anguish and helplessness on his face. Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, you know. You know, then he's really in love with her. Mm -hmm. That was done. Oh, that was done so well. Now, getting back to the way it's shot, you got to talk about the set first. This set was beautiful. There's now there was no such thing as CGI in the fifties, and camera tricks were what you could do in the camera and Mm -hmm. a little bit in post. You know, so they could not have a digital courtyard or set they had to build a full size apartment complex mm-hmm. and of course in a soundstage yeah in a soundstage and it was up until then and for the longest time it was one of the biggest sets built in a in wow. a soundstage it's amazing yeah.
1: i mean it you, i did not look at that and think it was a soundstage i mean mentally i knew it was yeah. a soundstage but no. It well, doesn't look it. It looks like a courtyard. Yeah. And That's, yeah.
0: what he wanted to shoot in Greenwich Village to start out with, mm. but couldn't control everything. Yeah. You know? yeah so yeah. they built this set. And let's see, I wrote down some stuff about this because I had to remember the specifics. In the soundstage, they built Jeff's apartment
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the, the facade of his building facing out in the courtyard and then two buildings on the side and the one facing. Mm-hmm. The set was 98 feet wide, mm-hmm. 180 feet long, about 40 feet high hmm There were 31 apartments, 12 of which were f- fully furnished and livable. Wow. It was about five to six stories high, mm-hmm. the building across the street. And they had to, so that you could have the courtyard. Now, Jeff's apartment was on the ground floor of the soundstage. Okay. But so they had to take out the floor of the soundstage. So they mm-hmm. could build down into the basement right? The because
1: Because according to the, the building he lived in, he was not on
0: the ground floor. No, he's like on the second floor or third floor or something like that. Yeah. Probably second floor. So they had to build about 20 feet below, 20, 30 feet below street level wow. down to the basement. Hmm. But it looks like you're at a real apartment building. Mm-hmm. You know, the lighting they had, they had used most of the lights in the studio <laughs> for imagine. that sound stage so they could make it literally like realistically look like any time of day yeah yeah they also had a complete drainage system built so when it rained they could drain the rain out of the basement oh wow yeah that's right (laughs) Uh, all the apartments had electricity and running water Mm -hmm. and miss torso the dancer Mm -hmm. apparently she uh quote lived in her apartment like Mm -hmm. in between takes she would just hang out and relax in her apartment that part of the set, (laughs) like she, like it was, she actually lived there.
1: That's funny. I love it. Until
0: it was time to do something again, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: It's an amazing, so when you think about it like that and how they built it, it took them, I don't know how many contractors, how many, but two months to build it. Wow. And it's, it's just amazing when you think about it and after seeing it, what it really was, you know? Yeah. And Hitchcock spent all his time directing, working in Jeff's apartment. He directed all the people in the other apartments. Mm-hmm. They all had earpieces, flesh-colored earpieces, and oh, he would direct yeah. them remotely.
1: Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. With the exception of the the one time he was in the composer's apartment. Yeah. Because he did his cameo. Yeah. Where she had, <laughs> yeah, he's in every
0: one of his films just about, and yeah, he's winding the clock. Yeah. And turns and kind of looks over so you see his face and how then, appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's such a good movie, and. My only gripe about one of the, the scenes, the way it was shot, and we were talking about this, mm-hmm. is when we first see Grace Kelly when she's first introduced. Mm-hmm. It almost, it's almost like it wants to build some suspense. Jimmy Stewart is nodded back in his wheelchair, asleep,
1: mm, dozing. Yeah,
0: and it's it's you know, evening, and you see the shadow. You hear, I don't know if you hear footsteps, but you see a shadow come across his face. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts and you see Grace Kelly's face coming closer to him. Beautiful. And Mm -hmm. it cuts back to the shadow going more up his face. And he opens his eyes and smiles. And then you see Grace Kelly again and Mm -hmm. they kiss.
1: And the kiss is like in slow motion. Yeah, that's
0: weird. That part's weird. Yeah. I think it would have been more effective. I don't know why Hitchcock did it that way. If you saw the shadow coming up Mm -hmm. and then it came up more. Like it's covering his face, and it build, and you hear the sound and Somebody's there, and yeah, it's building so it suspense, tension. like what is it? And then when he opens his eyes and kind of smiles, oh, and you're like, you're like, oh, what's he smiling for? And then you yeah. see your beautiful face. Right, right. I think that would have it would have worked better in the scene. Yeah, yeah. But who I'm am not I sure. to tell Hitchcock? Uh,
1: yeah, you right. Know. I don't
0: know what the choice was yeah. for that. Another interesting thing I think that's also too is you hear all the sounds from outside. Mm-hmm. You know the the ambient sounds, mm-hmm. and then when. As it her shadow goes up, and you see her face. The sounds drop completely out. Right. So it's just them. hmm And then they come back after they've kissed and stuff. Yeah. You don't really notice it when you're watching it, but
1: no. But when we went back you to do kind of analyze it, it yeah, yeah. yeah, your
0: brain notices it. Right. You know, right. It makes Subliminally. Scene stand out. Yeah. <laughs> now about the sounds too. All the sound. There's no music. There's no right. mood music or a suspense music or anything in this film.
1: It's just the music from the apartments or it's just sounds whatever, the, yeah, from whatever the music complex. that the
0: guy that played it on the piano that you mm-hmm. would hear across the courtyard.
1: Yeah, which that is actually he he's composing the theme to the movie, our movie. Yeah. But the name of the theme is Lisa. Yeah.
0: Now the that style of doing the sound that way where all you hear is the sounds that you would hear if you were on the in that situation, if you were in yeah. that apartment. The sound—it's called uh, diegetic sound or diegetic is what it's called, and it that, it means like the sound you would hear there, realistically mm-hmm. where you're at. Okay, T- more or less that's what it means. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool because yeah. you don't really think about it no. while you're watching the movie until after the movie. Yeah. You know? it's a-
1: I know you mentioned a little bit of that before we watched it the second time, but I, yeah. I need to go back and watch it again now with all of this knowledge so oh, that yeah. I can really pay attention to just what you hear yeah. while everything's going on. Because, you know, now I know that you don't hear any, there's no background music, there's no axillary, you know, sounds in music or no. whatever. But with the knowledge ahead of time and paying attention to it, I want to see if it makes any difference to me yeah so it's not so
0: anymore i don't i don't what oh, it yeah. does i
1: just it's just interesting
0: yeah I, another thing with the sound is when raymond burr is coming after him at the mm-hmm. end you hear his footsteps like coming up the steps mm-hmm. out in the hall or up the hall now you wouldn't hear that if you were right, there right. it wouldn't be that loud
1: yeah but i think it's a little bit like the telltale heart yeah you know you're, that, you're that's for the that. audience yeah.
0: and to build the suspense because there's no music yeah but it's actually i think it's a little bit creepier and more ominous oh absolutely. Without any music, because if you did hear the steps coming, mm-hmm. it would make your heart start pounding. If you were in sure. that situation, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, and you know, throughout the whole movie, we don't know for sure that the wife has been murdered. And actually, we see. So the first thing that that makes him wonder is he sees it's something like I don't know two in the morning. He sees the Raymond Burr's character as a salesman.
0: He at one point in two or three in the morning, and he hears a scream right out in the dark, and then he kind of just shrugs it off and goes to bed.
1: Right, but then he nobody
0: else hears it because everybody else is asleep at that point. But then
1: he he wakes up and he sees Raymond Burr's character leaving the apartment, and he's carrying this silver suitcase which. We know later is his sample case yeah, or whatever because kind of he sells salesman. he sells costume sells costume. Oh, that's jewelry. right.
0: Yeah, I just can't figure it. He went out several times last night in the rain carrying his sample case.
1: But he's carrying it; it's very heavy. You can tell by the way he's carrying it; it's heavy. Yeah. But when he comes back a little while later, he's carrying it, and it, you can tell it's it's very light. Yeah, just the way he's carrying it. Then he goes in the apartment, and at some point. A little later he leaves again.
0: Yeah. The, the same shades exact are thing. the shades are down in mm-hmm. the bedroom, but they're up in the you can see him walking through his living room, kitchen, and at the door each yeah.
1: time. Right. And so he's he carries it out a second time. Same thing, very heavy. And when he comes back, it's a very light again. Yeah.
0: And this is all at between three and four in the morning. Right. Or two and four in the morning. Something, something like, like that. that.
1: And then the third time we mm-hmm. see something happen, but Jeff is asleep. Yeah. We see Raymond Burr. And a woman in an outfit and a hat. I think it was black. I can't. Yeah, remember. we never get to see her face. You don't see her face, right? But you see yeah. a woman and a suit. He's got a suitcase. I don't know if it was his case or. A suit. I think it was a suitcase. Yeah. Um. And Rimberg's character, and they're leaving the apartment together, and off they go. And then a little while later, you know, Jeff wakes up, and then he, um, contacts his detective friend, um, and you know tells him that something's going on, and he needs to come over and investigate. So. We see this woman leave, and, you know, for all we know, that's the wife leaving.
0: Except it's suspicious that we don't see her face because we've already seen her face before. Right, right. So
1: it is a little suspicious, but at the same point, it makes us question, which is exactly what we should be doing because Jeff is questioning – What's going on. Yeah. But he also doesn't have that last piece of information. So it makes you wonder, is Jeff really on to something or is he completely wrong yeah. and he's making a fool of himself? I mean, we're
0: on his side, but there's doubt cast. Exactly. You know.
1: Yeah. So then, of course, the detective's investigating the whole time. And, you know, it's funny because his friend is a detective, but they have a weird relationship. It's like they, they're friends, but they clearly have some weird issues. But anyway, so... One time the detective comes in and he he goes through this whole spiel with him about what what evidence do you have? What have you seen? What Uh do you know? What do you know? Goes through this whole thing. And then he gets to the very end and he says, well, she's fine. She's at, she got on a train and went to wherever, you know, and, and I thought. Why didn't he just lead with that? Why did he make him go through all of that information when he knew that the wife was fine, according to his sources?
0: Oh, I guess he wanted to see if he actually had anything that could contradict that.
1: Yeah, but then he did it again. Yeah. The next time he came back. Yeah. And he, you know, he went into this, they found a trunk, or didn't find it, but they saw a trunk. The guy, uh, Raymond Burr's character, was packing a trunk and tying it shut.
0: Yeah, with rope.
1: With rope and had some movers take it out. So, you know, (laughs) of course the stella when it's stella I yeah remember? she she's she a great was like oh oh she's she's gonna have to get him out of there or get her out of there she's gonna leak <laughs> thinking the body yeah. was in the trunk <laughs> but then they they say well where was the where was the trunk addressed to if the movers took it away and and they say it was addressed to the wife whatever the wife's name was and
0: yeah he sent so, his wife out of the country for rest
1: yeah and so jeff says well why don't we just wait and see if she got the trunk and so then as he's walking out the door, he says, well, I left my number or your number with the movers so they could tell me or whatever. So anyway, they yeah. called. So, of course, the call happened close to the beginning of his visit, but he doesn't tell him the answer to the, or what the call yeah. was about until the end of the visit, which was, again, that the trunk had been delivered to the yeah. wife, blah, blah, blah. And so, again, it's more <clears throat> supposed evidence that the wife is fine and has been her yeah. her goods have been delivered in the trunk to her.
0: Raymond Burr slips up, though, that Jimmy, sorts, of course, he's looking through the window and he sees Raymond Burr gets his wife's handbag. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was her favorite handbag because it used to hang on the bed post. bed post. yeah. And he sits down and he's looking through the handbag. He pulls out all his jewelry and one of the things is her wedding band. Mm-hmm. And that's the center f- for him. Is Grace and Kelly, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa points out that... No woman would go on a trip and leave her favorite handbag that she always uses. And she would less, be wearing
1: her wedding ring. Yeah.
0: She would not leave her wedding band and all her jewelry behind. Mm-hmm. She goes a list there's what three things a woman takes any trip she goes on It's mm-hmm. the handbag, the you know, jewelry and something else. Makeup. Makeup, yeah. <laughs> and uh so that leads more doubt. And but they still can't convince the detective yet. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, no, rather than going through the whole story and... Yeah, yeah. Each, I mean, there's lots of stuff thing, to see. Yeah. You need to watch it. Uh, one of the other things I really like about this, though, is in between the buildings... Oh,
1: uh, through, through the street, yeah. to see the street. Yeah,
0: they've got this big set. And not only do they build this, the apartments facing each other in the courtyard, the alley between the two buildings across from him goes out and you see the street beyond that. Yeah. And then the a building, like a diner beyond that. Yeah. And constantly... You know, I'm a, next time we watch it, I'm going to have to just focus on that the whole just time. Just that corner, yeah. I kept looking at it back and forth, but you get caught up in the story. You don't look over there. Mm-hmm. But there's constantly activity going on.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. There's people
0: walking by, cars, cars. going by, people mm-hmm. eating in the diner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, this all this action's in the, in the foreground or the stories here. That's background stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's constantly going on. It's, you know, so that's another part that makes you feel like you're... They really filmed this in in a city, in the yeah, city, yeah. in a you know, in an apartment complex.
1: Yeah, kids are playing. Yeah, at some point it, there's a couple of times when the characters actually run out there because the one person, yeah. like Stella, runs out to try and see what the name of the moving company is that takes the trunk away. Yeah, when she Raymond runs Bur- out and looks down the alley and she's like, I don't, I don't see it. You know.
0: Yeah, and when Raymond Burr leaves his apartment, he mm-hmm. goes across you the street see him out that way. The yeah. Street, yeah. so that it does play an important part in mm-hmm. some of the story, but for the most part, it's just. Stuff that happens to be going on, and it's amazing that it is. It, yeah. I mean, you know, some people wouldn't think of it, and you you don't because you're not f- focusing on that. Mm-hmm. But I guess if nothing was going on, it would be less like, to get like a sore thumb to yeah, you. Yeah, maybe you so. Know?
1: Yeah, I mean, but it it does. It does have a lot to do with the movie. I mean, you know, Miss Lonely Hearts goes out there and goes to the diner to go to dinner. Yeah. That's where she meets the guy. Yeah. She brings back to the apartment before she shoves him out because yeah. he tries to get Well, it's just like randomly,
0: hand. sporadically through the movie. Yeah, all kinds of things. It does. It is an important part of the set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just there's stuff constantly going on. But it's not the, you know, it's not the focus. It's just like peripherally. Yeah. You know, of everything else that's going on. And I really like how at the beginning we're introduced to everybody. But nothing is focused on what the story is going to be about. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know right off the bat that Raymond Burr is going to kill his wife. No, there's no clue whatsoever. because mm-hmm. everybody has something flaw or something that's not like you know hugs and puppies. You know, sure, sure. <laughs> something going on with each one of the characters. And we're we're slowly the ca- camera pans around at each apartment. We get introduced to every character mm-hmm. there. And, you know, you begin to kind of, not so much care for him, but a little invested in what's going on in their lives, just mm-hmm. like he does. And it's shot purposely, um, voyeuristically. Yeah. You know, like you are Jimmy Stewart watching everything. Right. You know, we never get, the camera never goes into these people's apartments. Right. It never goes any further than what you can see from where he is. hmm You know, and that's yeah. fantastic. And
1: I think the only time you ever see from outside is when jimmy stewart's hanging from the balcony
0: at the very end at the very yeah. end that's it the, now there was one other scene they did shoot you know when he's talking on the phone to his edit editor mm-hmm. jimmy stewart's talking to his editor on the phone as, as gig young doing the voice apparently they did film the scene where they meet out on the street
1: oh and he's
0: talking to his editor about an assignment mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he's like now nah, your leg's still broke you can't
1: yeah
0: but Hitchcock, rightly so, felt that that would distract from the rest of the movie because yeah, there's for no sure. other scene like that. Yeah, yeah. The whole rest of it is from the bedroom window, right? So they cut that scene and just used the the dialogue from it and put Gig Jung's voice over a phone. So it's Jimmy sorts the apartment the whole time. It's really I, I keep going back and saying how fantastic a film it is because of the way it's shot and the set and how it's shot and that whole focus is just from basically his point of view the whole time
1: mm-hmm. not to mention the acting's not too shabby no, no
0: everybody's <laughs> fantastic i love thelma ritter as stella oh yeah she's one of my favorite characters she it. was amazing just no nonsense there's an intelligent way to approach marriage intelligence nothing has caused the human race so much trouble as intelligence <laughs> modern marriage
1: now, we've progressed emotionally baloney She just seems like just right out there. Yeah. 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 No, this, the whole movie was really well done. It was a joy to watch. I had a great time watching it and just fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating the way it was done.
0: On the other hand, we watched also last night.
1: Oh, yeah. um, Vertigo. Yeah.
0: Another Hitchcock film with Jimmy Stewart. Yep. And uh, Kim Novak's in this. Now, Kim Novak was fantastic in it. She was really good. Playing two different people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jimmy playing, Stewart was really good, too, playing, of course. Oh, but... yeah. Playing the one person pretending to be the other person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's she's beautiful, too. And Jimmy Stewart was, was great in it. Playing a guy, an ex-detective, who slowly not quite descends into madness, but kind of loses his grip on reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then comes back. Yeah, he was fantastic in it, and oh, what was her name? Belle Geddes, I think she was the mom on Dallas. Mm. But as his college friend, ex-fiancee, Midge, Midge, she was she was a, a good character in that too. Mm-hmm. But overall, I didn't care for the movie mm-hmm. that much. I mean, it was it was good, but it wasn't. It was just a little not convoluted, but it just was not the movie to me that Rear Window was.
1: Yeah, well, so. I have heard good things about Vertigo for as long as I've heard the name Vertigo. Yeah. The movie, while it had potential, I don't think it was any flaw in the way it was made. I don't think it was a flaw in the the acting. I think it was I did not like well, one, I don't I can watch a good tragedy and yeah. still be as long as it even though it ends in tragedy, I'm still fine with it, D- depending on the story, I guess. But this one just really annoyed me or bothered <laughs> me. I- I'm not sure what it was yeah. about it that just really left me feeling odd, you know? And a, not well, not it, because the a movie a couple of tragedies but, throughout yeah, it. Of course.
0: And it's like Jimmy Stewart's character constantly gets shit on. Yeah. As far as, you know, what happens to him, life And I don't... The ending, it it ended very just, boom, abruptly. Very abrupt.
1: And, you know, the ending, as far as it being abrupt, I felt like it needed to be abrupt for that ending to be there. Because that... It was abrupt. I mean, think about it. If that were you, well, well, that's abrupt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I see that. I guess since we just watched Rear Window and there's the end and there's a resolution. There was no resolution. Yeah, I guess kind of. It just, boom, ends.
1: Yeah. Vertigo, that's one of those watch it and you let me know. I don't even yeah. want to tell you what it yeah. was about and how it worked. I just
0: no, I'm on a, because
1: I went into it kind of blind cuz I had never seen vertigo. Yeah. I understood what vertigo is. I understood, you know, <laughs> you know what the movie was kind of about, but I didn't um we need to watch I it. didn't um, comprehend the entire plot because I had never bothered to
0: look into it. We need to watch Mel Brooks high anxiety now. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) But anyway, so, so watch Vertigo and let me know what you think about it. I'm, I'm curious. I'm
0: on a kick now where I want to see all of Hitchcock's movies at this point that I haven't seen yet. And to be fair, I've, I've never been, I can't say I've never been a Hitchcock fan. I've just never had the urge to really watch all his movies. When Mm -hmm. I've seen one, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Sure. But now I feel like I do want to see them mm-hmm. and because of Rear Window, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I really want to see the birds and a lot of his movies I've only ever seen bits and pieces of. It's yeah, weird. Right. Even Psycho. I don't think I've sat down and watched Psycho straight through. Really? I've seen like a big chunks of it. Yeah. So, yeah, we're well, going to have maybe to get we'll more of Hitchcock movies.
1: I guess we'll go on Hitchcock. spree.
0: Yeah. Now, without having seen the rest of his movies. It's hard. I can't say that well, I think this is a great one to start with, but I think it was a great one to start with. Absolutely. That, that it makes me want to watch more of his stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a testament of nothing else. Uh, oh, you know what? I did see, oh, hell, what was it? At the Narrow, they showed Shadow of a Doubt a couple of years ago, and I got to see that on the big screen. Okay. Which was really good. Joseph Cotton um, was in that, and I enjoyed that. That was a really good hitchcock movie twist and turns you know and mm-hmm. uh, suspense but rear window is still so far is the one yeah. for me <laughs> it's, it's on
1: its own level i think yeah yeah so when the reason we watched rear window i mean well one we wanted to see it we wanted to see it for a long time just yeah. never got around to it. it was because i just recently got a game oh yeah that's right And it's Rear Window. The game is Rear Window. It's based on the film. Yeah. Um, And I was like, you know, I can't play the game until I've seen the movie all the way through. So we have to watch it. So we did. (laughs) And then uh, we had Game Day a few weeks back, the ladies and I, and we played Rear Window. And it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's a game Rob would enjoy. because He doesn't like this type of game as much as I do. But if you're familiar with Mysterium or Obscurio, which are, I believe, French games, it's a little bit like Clue in that you have to figure out three things, but instead of you know you have cards and you have to go around deducing it, you have one person who plays in this case the director. So one person is essentially playing the Hitchcock. director, exactly. <laughs> and then everyone else plays. What do they call them? I guess they just they're playing characters in the in the movie. Yeah. They're playing actors essentially, and the director has to give cards. That have pictures on them. It's just pictures, and the pictures are of apartments. You know, things in the apartment. Sometimes, uh-huh. pi- sometimes people in the apartments. Yeah, and they have to apply them to the the board is the courtyard essentially. It's you see apartment windows. Okay, you have to put the cards in the windows, and then the object is for the the director to work together with the actors to determine. Who lives in which apartment and what their profession and or characteristics are. Yeah. And if they succeed in figuring all of that out in the end, then everybody wins together. However, the twist to that is if there is a murder, if there's a... The director will sometimes draw a card that has murder on it. If there is a murder, Murder? the director then tries to mislead them. And if the director Hmm. succeeds in misleading them... The director wins, and all the other people lose. Huh. Or if they, you know, figure it out that there is a murder, then of course they win, and the director loses. Yeah, it sounds very simple. It's not. I mean, it, the game <laughs> gameplay is simple, but it's really difficult it to figure it all a out. Bit
0: complex to me. Yeah,
1: it's it's yeah. a lot of fun, and I had a great time playing it. Hmm. I, I definitely want to play it again. But it's really cool because you know all the people are in there. Miss Torso's in it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Miss Lonely Heart. <laughs> all the characters are there. All of the the things you see yeah. the dog and the plants and the all the things are there. So it it was a lot of fun to play. I really That's enjoyed cool. it. And the the board itself is beautiful. Yeah. All the cards they give you are oh gorgeous. yeah. And I did see that. You even get a little trunk that you have to <laughs> open and put all the extra pieces in when you're oh, done I and shut it up. Yeah, That's so me. it's, it's yeah. really cool. It's a great game. Really well done. That's cool. I want to say that Prospero Hall created it, which most of you people have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's a a game creation group of people. And they also, I believe, were behind many of the games that I I enjoy most um, that I have in my collection. Anyhow, that doesn't matter. It's just interesting. There was a rear window (laughs) game and it was awesome. You should play it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fully licensed rear window. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: You have to have three people to play. So
0: Robin, I can't play by herself. No.
1: anyhow um, you have anything else that you want to talk about
0: no I can just marvel at keep marveling over the set and and like I said you know watching the movie you don't think about it because you used to just yeah. watch your movies but when you, you just
1: really have to see it to appreciate yeah it.
0: and you learn about the construction of it what it actually was mm-hmm. it's it it's mind-blowing in this day of the age of CGI where nothing is built but yeah you know a proper two in the foreground everything else in the background is computer generated mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know this was just amazing
1: yep very very awesome everything about this movie was just awesome amazing perfect whatever i loved it
0: so go watch it
1: yes well i guess we have one thing left to do it's the first one of our new year that's
0: right we have to prove that the world revolves around planet of the apes
1: Yes. So this time. Yes. I am sure we have done Jimmy Stewart. I am sure we have. Because we've seen him on many things. And he's been
0: in everything with everybody.
1: I don't know that we've ever done Grace Kelly. Okay. So why don't we do Grace Kelly?
0: Okay. Grace Kelly. Yes. This thing will take a long.
1: Okay. It never does. Grace Kelly
0: was in Dial Him for Murder. Okay. With Anthony Dawson. Okay. Okay. Anthony Dawson was in Curse of the Werewolf. He was the Marquesa. Okay. And in Curse of the Werewolf, Oliver Reed. Mm. Oliver Reed was in The Three Musketeers with Charlton Heston. Yeah. (laughs) Planet of the Apes. Well, there
1: you go. (laughs) That was pretty short. Very direct.
0: You are welcome.
1: Once again, you have proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes.
0: Because it does. So go out and watch all the Planet of the Apes movies and the TV show and the cartoon. And uh, watch Rear Window. And any other Hitchcock film.
1: Yep. And let us know what you think. Be sure to drop us a line on the Facebook page when you watch it, or if you don't, or whatever. Just say hi. Or you can send us an email at phantasmoad at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. And Um, I will have the trailer up and some pictures on the Facebook page, hopefully by the time that this podcast goes live. (laughs) Yes.
1: Which will probably be the second Weekend January of 2023, yeah. we'll see how how good I am at getting that done. And
0: hopefully we can re- get back on schedule of putting out a new one every two weeks.
1: Yes, we're trying our best. If anybody has any suggestions for films they would like us to watch, let us know. That yeah. would be cool, too. I think too. Uh,
0: Tony and I are going to get back together and do one. We were talking the other day. Okay, cool. He had an idea for one. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, awesome.
1: All right. And some you, have some, you have some interesting youtube plans in the works i i hear
0: uh, yeah yeah there there is a a phantasmo after Dark youtube channel right now
1: thanks to greg greg
0: Steele set up for us thank uh, you greg that has yes thank you and it has some of our podcast episodes on it we're gonna put more of them on there and we may have some video content going up after a while we'll see with all everything else we've got going on <laughs> we can get a ride to doing that we'll see
1: busy bees over here yeah so okay but that's well, about
0: all i got so uh Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good
1: night. First I watched them just to kill time, but then I couldn't take my eyes off them, just as you won't be able to.